Jessica, Jessica, wherefore art thou, Jessica? They're coming for you, Jessica. Is this one better? Uh, no, the first one was better. Does this sound like a good robot? It's a perfect robot. All right. You already did. You already did the read. You already did the intro. You don't have to do it again. Turn the robot off. Let's go. Jessica, thank you for requesting that we discuss this season of Channel Zero. We are now on episodes four and five. Previously, in the first part, we discussed episode one. In the second part, we discussed episode Bring it back in the first one. We discussed episode one and two. And in the second part, we discussed episode three. And now we are back to continue on and discuss more of the great to discuss more of Channel Zero. We're getting through episodes four and five. Let's go. Thank you so much, Jessica. If you would also like to make horror soup, if you would also like if you would also like <laughs> to advise that we discuss different movies on this show, you can head over to patreon.com slash horror soup. There are many great things there. Did you know that James is a guest on today's episode? He is an alumni from the Night Shift video podcast. You can find it anywhere. It's very good. And thank you so much. To Tom Newhart. <laughs> I am not to laugh in the microphone. For donating on Patreon. You are much appreciated, Tom. Fuck Candle Co. Be obedient, my little deviant. Together we will find the right ingredients. We will stir the beef that is the horror soup. And the last thing you will find is the spaghetti hoop. There's eyes and flies and anything that dies There's a nasty surprise in every
Randall Cove. Am I right, guys? <laughs> I am ready to talk about four and five for sure. I think we did this in a very strange way, but I think it worked out well. So, guys, over the course of actually not that long because we recorded the other one not too long before this. Over the course of the last couple days, we did decide that this is going to be a four-part series. So we're going to do episodes four and five right now. And then next week, we're going to go ahead and finish this off with episode six. I feel like it kind of makes sense just so we can give our thoughts of like, you know, the series as a whole. I think I think we chose right. The three-episode extravaganza was probably going to be chaotic and four hours long, and it would not be fun for anyone involved. Yeah, I think we totally tripped and fell into this, but it's you text me about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, why didn't we think of that like that's we should have just thought done it that way the whole time <laughs> i feel like two two and two made sense at first at first i don't know i didn't realize three was gonna have but really i didn't realize that we were gonna fuck around as much as we did in the last one we did i think we just did so good in the first one that i just assumed everything was gonna go fine oh uh, there was a, we had a little bit of a break <laughs> we did take a few 30 minute sidebars now we're back in it now we're back in it we got this shit Okay, I guess we should probably explain where we left off last episode, right? At least in the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last episode. <laughs> I don't remember. Lily, li- <laughs> we end. We end with Lily showing up. At She's Marla's. outside of the window. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Uh, Amy got a box of shrooms. Oh my god! Yes. And <laughs> Daphne died. Tim Daphne also died. died, and the teacher or uh, and Francis. Francis also. Tim died. The kids killed Tim. Francis had the kids kill Tim. The most important part is that the last episode ended with people dying, but the most important thing and the thing that we were drawn to was the arrangement of different fungi. Amy getting a box of shrooms. What the fuck is going on? What does this even mean? His name's Simon. I think I came to find yeah, that I out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in like the fifth episode or something like that. I don't know if his name right. was ever... His name was probably said in this episode that we're about to get into. Yeah. But yeah, his name's Simon. Uh, why he's making people bouquets of mushrooms? Oh, I will never. Do- Honestly, can we? We we didn't. I feel like we didn't discuss that enough. Okay. Do you feel that way at all? Is that is that is that just me? I thought we talked about it a lot, but if you want more, I got more. No, we <laughs> lock and load, baby. We did, but you know, someone gives you a bouquet of flowers. I know it's like standard. You know, maybe he's trying to be out of the box or something, but. I feel like mushrooms are just a very 50-50 thing to go with. <laughs> I wouldn't be that interested. I would. Um, I'd be pumped about them. I don't like mushrooms. I don't like the smell, the texture, the taste, any of the sort. I'd be kind of annoyed. I wouldn't know what to do with them. You get, you're giving me mold is what I feel like. Oh, I'd be totally down with it. They looked cool. And if they were edible, I would totally eat them. Well. If they're not, I would totally grow them like in my windowsill and just look at them. So you think that's that was an appropriate gift? I do think it was fine. I think that we also, this is the thing. They made it look like it was a weird thing. And then whenever he is just talking to her about it later, they clearly at some point in their past have discussed that he has a hobby of like raising mushrooms. Like he has like a little mushroom garden at home or some shit. Because he's like, yeah, those are the things that we were, the Spacarazellis or whatever the fuck. And, like, clearly, like, they've had a discussion about this before. But did they lead in with that information last episode before they showed us a box of fucking shrooms on her desk? No. And I would say that you don't, obviously, don't have to tell us everything, but that just seemed unnecessary. Okay, we're, we'll move. We don't have to 
it seems like a stupid thing to make a mystery for one episode for literally no reason. The intro basically introduced the fact that because he's he pops in pretty fast, doesn't he? So quick, so quick in the episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, season one, episode four is titled "A Strange Vessel." It originally aired on November 1st of 2016. It received about 470,000 viewers and was written by creator Nick Antosca and Erica Saleh, 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 who created the TV series One of Us is Lying. Let me read. Let me say her name again. Let me redo that. I've heard of that. This episode opens again in the year 1988 it's if you weren't here for the other ones it's the 1988 is it revolves around the year you know what i mean i like that year good year that not for everything but for horror things specifically it's a good year this time we're with a young mike and a young jessica and they're discussing whether or not gene and some other kids are still alive or not pretty morbid discussion for some kids but you know they've kind of been through a lot so it ends up being there sometimes Mike switches the topic and he reaches under Eddie's bed and he shows her a doll and he goes, look, it's Pirate Percy. And then he tells her not to tell anyone. And the TV turns on and it's immediately on a shot of Pirate Percy. So he's watching. I don't know. It's Pirate Percy. They always just kind of do those really ominous openings where it's just like they were watching Candle Cove. Or no, they were thinking about Candle Cove. And then the TV turns on. And then there's Candle Cove. <laughs> there it is. But like, <laughs> I would go ahead and say that nothing too creepy happens during those scenes. Because, I mean, it is creepy. You know, it's like, yeah, this thing's turning on all the time. But nothing really happens. We got to just see it. No. And it's like, well, we'll learn about what this was later. It's just kind of set dressing. Do all these episodes open with Candle Cove? I don't necessarily know if I can say that or not. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but I f- <laughs> feel like they do. I don't know. Anyway, right after the flashback, we see Mike shitting. <laughs> see Mike shitting on the couch with his daughter. <laughs> what is he shitting? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't write that. It says sitting. Anyway. He's asking how she got there, what she's doing. I can't. I, I need a second. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fuck it, I'm leaving it in. Mike's sitting <laughs> with his daughter. Why do I keep talking? <laughs> Why is it that funny, though? It shouldn't even be that funny. It's just, I don't know why I had the instinct to keep my initial thought was I'm gonna cut this, but then I just kept going. <laughs> I was like, "Well, might as well continue on with my." <laughs> Holy shit, bro! All right. <laughs> well, that's all staying. He's asking how she got here, what she's doing here, because, like we said in the last episode, she's just fucking here, and she's not one for responding at the moment. Which I'm not gonna lie, I'm you know I I'm not a parent. I don't really want kids. If I was to be one, I'd try not to be a dick. But I feel like in this moment, I just want an answer. And I might get a little bit annoyed. And I might go, what's the fucking answer? What's in the fucking box? Like, you know. This is 
probably the biggest plot hole of the entire show. Her showing up or Mike just moving on? Her showing up. That's fair. It's never explained. Like, No, it is. Spoiler alert. It's never explained. Oh, well, I think it's explained. Really? Do you want to do it right now? No, we'll do it in a little bit. Okay. We'll do it like very, very <laughs> soon. It's not going to take long for us to get to that point. Okay, gotcha. Maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> okay, so she's not responding, so naturally they're going to try to get her to bed and then try again later in the morning because Mike's kind of just like pressuring her and then he's kind of doing what I would do the moment and his mom has to like step in and go like, hey, just let her go to sleep, which fair. I do I do respect that part. I think she should just go to bed at that point. It's like, you know what? You came here for wherever the fuck. Just go to bed. Talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> but when she's still not talking later, I'd be like, bro, like you got to just. At, at some point, you have to answer the physical question. How did you arrive to this place? Because at this point, like we're, we're past like everything. You're not going to get in trouble. Nothing's going to happen. Like my curiosity is getting the best of me. How the fuck did you get here? You're like six. If your answer is I went to the bus station and bought a bus ticket and I got on a Greyhound and I came here like that's fine. Just tell me what it is. How the fuck did you get here? My first question would be, how do you know what the Greyhound is? I don't even know how to get on a bus. How did you figure this out? <laughs> Bro, Google tells you, just select the public transit option. She didn't seem like she had a phone. That's true. She didn't. She didn't. You're right. I don't even know if she was six. She might have been five. <laughs> she might have like not even been in kindergarten yet. Like She might have been starting in the next couple months. I'm just saying, if you have an answer, tell me. If you rode on the back of a teeth child, tell me. That I would like to know. I would like that information. I would I would enjoy that information. So we move on. And do you remember a couple episodes ago when Mike found a peculiar Candle Cove-esque drawing on the hospital wall? Yes. Well, it's happening again. Basically, every picture on the wall is uh, looks like a weirdo from Candle Cove. Yeah. I mean, this is this is Children of the Corn. Sure. These kids going crazy. Right, 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 right. Hmm. <laughs> what if it was Children of the Cove? It's very close to being Children of the Cove, honestly. What if there was a small child adult person that looked like they were 50, but they might be seven years old, and, like, there was someone going, Malachi! In this. <laughs> then it would be Children of the Corn. Cove? Cove, sorry. Okay, because I want that a little bit. I feel like we'll get into it later. So now Jessica and Gary's children are meeting up in the hospital for the first time since their daughter stabbed their son with a hook. It's a very uh, rejoiceful moment. It's very happy, very beautiful. Not much happens for, um, aside from like a little breadcrumb, which is little dude is missing a tooth and the daughter is holding it, which is very reminiscent of Gene pulling out his tooth and placing it in Eddie's hand, which we saw in an earlier episode. Right. But this time, I mean, what'd you get from... You gotta pay the tooth toll. I feel like this is something I didn't get until, like, a little bit later, but it's like she's delivering it to the tooth person. I feel like all the kids have, like, a connection with the tooth person, right? Yeah. And they're just delivery people of teeth. Or if nothing else, they're at least getting them to Francis, and then she gets them to him somehow, you know? Something like that. Spoiler. We already know they're connected. She was she was giving him teeth at the end of the second episode. I mean, she's been feeding teeth to this guy since day one. I love, too, how they never really give it a name. You know what I mean? Do you want to know what the credit is? Is it Teeth Kid? It is The Tooth Child. The Tooth Child. And The Tooth Child is played by Cassandra Consiglio. 
gross. Just the idea of like there's a real person under that thing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I would like to see a behind the scenes of that being applied. Honestly, I don't think I do. I do. I think I would have a bad time, but I do want to see it. I don't want to see it. Okay, so anyway. So Jessica goes to meet up with Gary in jail. They have a cute little moment in which Jessica calls him stupid, and in response, he tells her to hang on to his gun, which she is going to do, but she doesn't do anything with it. Um, We'll get to that pretty soon. Oh, we'll <laughs> fucking get to that. Remember? Do you remember how since the first episode, we've been saying, I'm not, this is not like a misogynistic take they wrote the character of jessica to be a complete and utter moron she is so fucking dumb yeah the end of this episode does fully cement that because i was kind of on jessica's side for a little bit watching it i was like okay you know and i was thinking okay maybe she could do this maybe she got this maybe she has something going on turns out she got she's a fucking idiot (laughs) she is Dumb as a box of rocks. I hate her a little bit. Actually, no, I don't. I still like her more than any other... Not any other. (laughs) I still like her more than a lot of the other characters in this show. I didn't hate Jessica. Do you hate Jessica? I guess we're... I just hate her because she's so dumb. She She makes the worst decision every single time. It's just... When people like Daphne are around... And Tim... Daphne is way less likable. And Gary... So much less likable. She's just the best one out of the group. She's the best one out of, like, that original group, for sure. I mean, Mike is definitely very likable, but... Right. He's kind of different, though. He is. He's like, I wouldn't put him in that group. Okay, anyway. So this scene was pretty much just here to let us know that she has a gun, and then also that Mike is a problem, or that he might be a problem, because Gary still doesn't really trust him. Right. Oh, and around this time, this is when the mushroom thing is explained. There's some nerdy, blonde-haired, blue-eyed officer that's super into Amy. I mean, we already kind of mentioned that last episode, but he shows up at this point, says the whole thing about the mushrooms, never happens. We move back over to the house, and everyone's starting to talk for a bit. Mama Painter, Mike Painter, and then Lily. And at one point, she goes, yeah, dog, uh, I really like pirates. And he goes, well, what kind of pirates? And then she walks over to Eddie and Mike's old room, and she pulls out the pirate doll from the flashback from the beginning of the episode for out from under the bed. And I think at this time, Jessica was here. Right. So she sees the whole thing happen. Her and Mike share a look of, uh, how did she find that? <laughs> how did she know about this? Because in the beginning of the episode, we saw the flashback of, you know, them fucking with that doll. And it was Eddie's doll, and Eddie's right. dead. So Yeah. And Lily's been just being weird, too. Like, the way she responds to stuff is just not the way a normal kid would talk. I think at one point she says, Mike, I would always know you. Or, like, I would always recognize you. I would always, I would recognize you no matter what. There you go. That's what it is. And it's like, okay, hang on. So, is Eddie possessing Lily? That still doesn't really tell me how the fuck she got there. But, okay. This whole thing just seemed a little too much for me, honestly. Okay, so, yes. I think Eddie just knew how to get there because Eddie... I think Eddie fully possessed her. Yeah. I think Eddie fully possessed Lily and just knew how to get to his house. Right. Somehow. You know, like, I don't... I don't get exactly how. I don't know if it was a bus. I don't know if... (laughs) Walked. I don't know what it was, but... Walked. Possessed that body. Made her walk. But... Eddie got there through any means necessary. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I will go on record as saying adding the Lily element into things I don't think is necessary. I feel like this is this is just it. It just seems like more filler to me. What about the end of episode five? Yeah. Okay, we'll get we'll get to it. <laughs> Around this time, I mean, we already kind of spoiled that, but this is when. Lily says, I'm not Lily, and implies that she's someone else, and that Lily is dreaming right now. So then we get a quick flashback, and Eddie tells Mike that he's changing because he just wants to hang out with Jessica. He's like, dude, you're different, you know? We, it's just been us this whole time. We've been bros. We've been guys, dude. And uh, tries to make him promise to never love Jessica more than he loves him. Really, really brother bond moment. Really... Possessive brother bond moment. So now Mike has to navigate through figuring out what the hell is going on with his daughter. Some really toxic family bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really kind of just like, oh, you can never have a girlfriend because you have to love me forever. It's like, uh, sorry, brother. Uh, it's like, yo, I know we shared a uterus and all, but I don't know if I signed up for all that. Yeah, you know, you're going to have to leave me alone, step bro. I'm not bending over the fucking dryer, you know? <laughs> So now Mike has to navigate through figuring out what the hell is going on with his daughter. We're back to real time. And creepy things are happening. She's seeing things. Mama Painter has a good, good feeling that she's Eddie. I mean, she's pretty much convinced. Right. Also because, like, Lily keeps calling her dad Mike. Right. And that kind of just throws Mama Painter off pretty fast. And uh, she's even seeing Eddie around when she's, like, looking out the window and looking at Mike and Lily hanging yeah. out. She sees... Little Mike, little Eddie. So we get closer and are now listening to the conversation between Mike and Lily. And we can tell that Lily is most definitely Eddie. The reason being is that Mike outright asks her if she's Eddie. And she goes, yeah, I'm Eddie. Hey, what's up, I'm Eddie. <laughs> what's up, dog? Shocker, bro. I've been chilling in uh, freaking California, dude. Hitting the PCH, bro. But there's a way to get through this, is what Lily Eddie says. All right, all right. Let's bounce back over to our favorite person again. You know who it is, James, right? Francis Booth? My man. <laughs> I, you, for knowing Francis Booth. Francis Booth is my Booth. <laughs> so Francis Booth, as we know, is the teacher of the children who brutalized him to death. And Officer Amy earlier spoke to the principal and was told that the four kids would be held after class in her class. They weren't held. Didn't show up. Real sketchy situation. Yeah. She also finds out that all the stabby kids are in the exact same class. They all have the same teacher. Well, that's why she was going to hold them. Right, right, right. And it's like, hang on. They're all in the same class together? Like, <laughs> I mean, if there's four kids stabbing a science dummy, they're in the same class together. <laughs> I could just guarantee that. Like, 100, 100%. I don't know, man. Like, not one of them was like a sibling or a cousin, like, or went to a different school. Like, all of them were in the same class together. Yeah, delinquents are always in the same class together. Okay, gotcha. So she doesn't hold them after class, but while Amy's waiting for Francis to show up or someone to show up, she checks one of the desks and finds a carving of a person being stabbed to death. So probably they probably were trying to stab someone to death or practicing at that point. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that there was intent. I think it's safe to say that she probably should have questioned them a little more when she found them. <laughs> but that didn't happen yet. Right now, Francis walks in. Amy asks if Francie knew... Francie? If Francie knew the painter Francie. twins. And she's like, hey, uh, what was Eddie like? And Francis says, 
He was a very special kid, very polite, nice to my son. And that's about it. They kind of part ways. Amy goes to look for the kids, and then we flash back again, and it's another Francis flashback. Her son is still around. Eddie is coming by to hang out, and she's telling them to watch Candle Cove. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's something that we have not seen from any other parent in this show. Like, they kind of maybe acknowledge it a little bit, or like, you know, they're like, oh, or they say something like, oh, you're going to watch that show, or like Mama Painter said earlier, she just saw static on the TV. Yeah, I think most parents didn't even know it was actually real. I get the impression that she was the only one who knew it was real. So her telling them to watch it is like, okay, okay, buddy. Yeah. So flashback continues, but not the same flashback. This time, Mike pulls up to a shop and runs into Jessica, who asks him, what are you doing here? You just called me and told me to meet up with you at Candle Cove. And he kind of looks around and goes, uh, you know what? I I don't think I did that. And if you've been following the story, this means that Eddie was basically going to do the equivalent of pushing Jessica off of a cliff. Yeah, Eddie was going to try to kill her. He was going to murder her. Or make her kill herself. Because, you know, he wants his stepbro all to himself. His bro-bro, but yeah. His twin. Whatever, same thing. Even worse. It's odd. You know? He is a very evil man. <laughs> Dude's got some issues, for sure. And this causes Mike to re-break his finger. He shows up to that uh, little spot, and he goes, Hey, bro, trying to kill my girlfriend, bro. I don't really appreciate that, my guy. And uh, because of this, I'm going to have to break your broken finger. Why is uh why the way the kids behave in this show is just, they're, they're like, it's like a tiny little mafia. You think so? It's like they're breaking fingers, and then they're like, and then they're killing them. They're like, make it look like an accident. <laughs> You're not wrong. I would love if they were wearing like a, if they had like a L.A. Noir type beat going on. They all have trench coats and like some sideways hats. It'd be amazing. I would love that if they all look like the neighborhood watch guy. <laughs> that would be my favorite thing in the world. If Oh, God, I love the neighborhood watch guy. Like once they all get hypnotized into the Candle Cove shit, because it's kind of honestly, this is kind of reminiscent of Halloween three in a way. And they, instead of, like, dressing as the characters, they just wear hats and trench coats. Yes, I would love that. <laughs> that would be so amazing. And they just, you know, they'd be little tykes or something, but it'd be just hilarious. see these shifty little eyes. <laughs> oh, shit. At this point, Amy is still at the school looking for the kids. She finds one of them, but cannot for the life of her catch up to him. One thing I liked about this was that as she's walking through the hallways of a computer lab, all the computers that she passed by turn on. And it has an image of the Fortnite Skull Trooper watching her as she passes by. Yeah, dude, jawbone. I don't know why. I love it every time. It's so good. There's one more in the next episode that's even better than this one, but this one's really good. I kind of want this to be my screensaver now, but I want, like, a fat computer to have it on. (laughs) Yeah, you need a CRT. Were they fat computers? Do I just feel like they all were? Not all of them were. We have seen them in the computer lab. I I think they were flat screens. Okay. And then when it happens in the next episode, they're also flat screens. Anyway, she eventually finds all the kids that she was looking for in the theater room, practicing their pirate antics, and they all retain their silence, and eventually she tells them to just go home. Like I said, she does not question them enough. If I just went in and I was like, okay, there's these four kids that were stabbing the fuck out of something, and they're carving them stabbing a human, like, with four knives, so it's the four of them again, into their desk, I am gonna have a word with them 
This is the second time that Amy walks away when I swear to God she was going to get stabbed. I don't get how she didn't get murdered right here either. We talked about that last episode. <laughs> last time? Yep. Last time she approached him. Every time like kids gather around people in this, they pretty much murder them. But I guess, I, you know what, maybe at this point it hasn't happened yet. Yep. But we've already mentioned there's a lot of kid killing, so like obviously you guys already know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So on the other side of things, Mike and Jessica go to the morgue to... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before they get to the morgue, Mike and Jessica... Uh, or no, Mike goes to the house to talk to Jessica and Marla about like his big master fucking plan about going to the morgue and all this shit. And then Marla just goes, I'm going to make some tea. <laughs> You're right, and that was the best response. That's exactly what she should have said. He's like, we can go to the morgue. We can look for the body and all this shit. She's like, I'm going to make some tea. I'm going to go over here and just... Uh, you, you you do that. I'll make the tea. Y'all do your thing. I'm not any part of this. You can go burn my son's body on your own. I'm going to do me. Oh, I just, I loved her in that moment. It was great. I love her at all moments, honestly. I, I know. She's really, she's really like the best part of the whole show. I was just thinking that too. The more that I watch this, I think she's the best actress in this entire show. Like she's so fucking good, dude. She's really talented. She's impressive. I mean, they gave her a role and she nailed it. Nailed it. So I'm assuming that they're, well, I guess I kind of already led into that. They're going to the morgue to burn his body. So... <laughs> I assume that that's what Lily slash Eddie told him to do to free his soul. Because at one point she whispers into his ear. And I think she said, how do you think that conversation went? Hey, uh, uh, I know you're my brother, but you're also, I look like, I look like I'm your daughter right now. So it kind of seems like, you know, you're my dad. But like, can you go over to the morgue? Can you ask them to see my body? And can you just steal it? No one's going to notice. No, not a single person will notice. You can just walk right out with my body. Just burn it right outside. Yeah, I have no idea. The logistics in a lot of things <laughs> this show, the more I I watch this, a little bit don't make sense. Maybe I'm blinded by how much I like it. I, I don't care. I still like it. That's the thing. It's it's like the atmosphere is so, so good. good. That, but it it is. It When you try to pick it apart, it's like, oh, it's kind of silly. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But that's the same with any actual classic ghost story right True. and like that's what this this whole show is it's it's a classic ghost story you know that you campfire fucking stories like scary stories telling dark kind of shit oh this is scooby-doo it's fucking scooby-doo yeah through and through <laughs> this is like this is like 90s scooby-doo though this is like or 2000s scooby-doo this is when they were doing the movies and there was like actual weird shit that was happening yeah but what i'm saying is like this is the imp these <laughs> but what i'm saying is this is the epitome of, I would have got away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So they burn the body. They take it over to Crow's Nest and they just burn that shit. And also in like a very dry area, I feel like they could start a fire. That's how you know. That's how you know you're from California. I was just gonna say that, but I knew you were gonna get to it for me. Back at the painter house, things are pretty sad because it's clear that Eddie is aware that he's with his mother. She's aware she's with her son, and they're enjoying their last moments together before Lily turns back into Lily, or before Eddie leaves Lily's body, whatever you want to call it. Right. Kind of rough, man. Yeah. All right, James. I'm trying to find where we are in my. Do notes. you want to finish Sorry. the next breadcrumb trail? 
I don't know if I can. Where are we? Amy sleeps with the blue-haired, blonde-eyed man. I said what I said. Don't give me that look. Amy sleeps with the blue hair. Yes, she... What was that? Yes, she does. She does. She... She... The white... What? She fucked the mushroom guy? Well, after they sleep together, Amy starts to regret how she handled her questioning or lack thereof from earlier in the day, which... Yeah, I questioned it. The fuck yeah. is wrong with you? Yeah, you dummy. The fact that it took her a solid 12 <laughs> hours and sleeping with the man who gave her a mushroom arrangement to go, maybe I fucked up earlier. No shit, idiot. You didn't tell a single person about it until what? You're fucking this guy for no reason because you fucked up? Obviously you fucked up. <laughs> they're stabbing people. They might not have done it yet, but they're about to. This next part's great, though. I love what happens next. Uh, What happens? Where are we at? The jar oh, when she, she goes, goes to Francis' house? She goes house? to Francis' house, yeah. I would say she <laughs> underreacts here, too. <laughs> you know what, Amy's... She's... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before before she even walks in. I like Amy, too, but she's starting to piss me off. Oh, she super pissed me off here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> she... No one's answering... No one's Wait, answering the door. No one's answering the door. And so she goes, I smell marijuana, and kicks the door in. <laughs> I do remember that. It just shows what year this was. I know, right? Because it's what? I think this first season was 2016, maybe? 16 sounds very right. That sounds right. Um, yeah. 2016 was a weird time, man, you know? I know. Six years ago sounds like a while ago, but also not a while ago at all at the same time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Um. So after she kicks in the door... She goes into her basement. She starts to find jars of teeth, which, again, kind of cool. Do you remember how we spoke about that story of the person with the uh, the teeth thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we get to see the jars. No, no, the, the, the real person. Oh, I remember. From last episode. Yeah. Did they send you a picture? Oh, my God. Wait, wait, James, I have a story. Really? I think they sent it to me right after. Like a follow-up? Yes. Fucking Yes. They said, my mother and brother have one artificial eye each. Oh, my God. They're human eyes. James, are these human eyes? What? Both lost them as babies. As you grow up, you have to have different sizes and shapes done. Oh, they keep the artificial eyes, I think. She kept all the eyes oh. they acquired in a little open-top box in a kitchen drawer. So when you opened it, you had about 20-odd eyes staring at you. If she That's still amazing. has, if she still has the all-seeing tray, I'll send you a pic. Oh my! For God. now, an eye and a shot glass. What? There's an eye and a shot glass. Is that you? An eye and a shot glass. You want to see it? I do. Sending right now. Okay. Yeah, and then they mentioned they messaged back and said, "Yes, you mentioned my creepy eye story." I'm gonna message back and say, "I just mentioned it again." Oh I'm just going to leave it that for now. a shot glass. This is so fucking cool. Dude, like, what is going on? <laughs> what is happening, dude? <laughs> so it's art. I mean, like, I started that off thinking it was a full-on oh. human eye. I guess it's not. Yeah, so they keep all of their artificial eyes because, like, as you grow, you have to get new ones fitted. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. I fuck with it. That's awesome. I love that... <laughs> I love that she just had, like, a tray of eyes. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. But not even just a tray, a kitchen drawer. 
<laughs> Be like, oh, hey, can you grab me a fork? And it's just eyeballs. I like that, though. I like it's the awesome. energy. It might be a good way to, like, get people out of your house pretty fast, too, if you're, like, tired of someone's company. <laughs> it might call someone, but I'm sure you could explain it pretty fast if you have artificial eyes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, like, eventually enough people complain and the cops are just going to know. Hey, it's the fake eye lady. It's the person with the fake eyes. We're not going to come back. Hopefully. <laughs> so now things start getting real fun. Amy discovers Daphne's body laying on the ground in the basement, but that's not what's important. What's important is what is going on at Jessica's house. The kids show up with knives, start waving them around at her. Um, at this point, she gets a little freaked out. She goes, hey, get out of my house. Then she starts getting cornered. You know, they're popping up all around her. She goes, hey, I have a gun. Points them at them. And they say, they're fucking... These little shits are taunting her. They're saying, you won't shoot us. We're kids. Bro, dead serious. Dead serious. Dead serious. That's a quote. Quote for quote. What they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead serious. You're in her situation. Kids are in your house. Oh, you're saying, asking me something? You won't shoot us. Yeah, you won't shoot us. You're asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do? That's <laughs> where you got me fucked up. I'm shooting each one of those kids in between <laughs> their eyeballs one by one those kids are so fucking dead those i'm i'm going fucking action hero fucking like uh, those kids are dead i will murder these children in my house i will fucking murder them like the way this situation is going there's one kid that pops up in front of me with a mask and a knife i'm like okay you're pissing me off i'd give him the benefit of the doubt at first right 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 another one pops up behind me Another one pops to the left and to the right. They're cornering me. I pull out my gun. They taunt me and say, you won't shoot us. We're kids. The second you say that, I know what you're trying to do. Fuck off. I am shooting each one of you. I'm going John Wick, and I am <laughs> plopping each one of you in the forehead <laughs> with a bullet. Give me some fucking Duke Nukem shit, okay? And I, I don't care who's showing up after. I don't care if someone calls someone on me. I don't care if I have to call and be like, hey. Okay, 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 hang on, hang on, follow-up question, follow-up question. If, what's, what's the, so in this movie, or in the show, they're like, what, 12? What, the kids that are coming at her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, I think some of these kids are like, seven, nine-ish. What's the, what's the bottom, like, how low do you have to go before you say, okay, I don't murder them? What do you mean, like, age-wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... What if, what, if it, what if it was a bunch of three-year-olds and they're like, you're not going to shoot us. Okay. That's fair. You know what? Here's another side of this, too. Why don't you just punch any of them? If you're not going to shoot them, at least she knock them out. She doesn't even try to fight them off, dude. She didn't do shit. She didn't even really try to run away. She just lays there and lets herself get killed. That's the biggest issue because you're right. I mean, it does get like, I mean, it's already, do I want to shoot the kid in the face? No. There's five of them trying to stab <laughs> me all at once. I'm gonna. I'm not even right. gonna think about it. But if I do have a moment <laughs> to think about it, and, you know, <laughs> not even honestly, this is this is. Oh, oh good. never mind. Never mind. Go but, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but you're right. It's it gets different. But the issue here is the situation doesn't get. I might try to beat them up before I shoot them. But Jessica doesn't try to do anything. Is what I'm saying. She didn't do shit. Jessica doesn't do shit. Jessica's an idiot. She's a big dumb dumb. You're gonna let yourself get murked by seven year olds? You're an idiot. <laughs>
<laughs> and I'm glad you died because of that. Didn't even try. You didn't even try. No, if you tried, that's one thing, but you're a fucking fool. Like, could we at least see her, like, chokeslam one of them while, while a different one stabs her in the back or something? Like, like do something. Do something. But no, you're a fool, Jessica. So, I mean, she's dead. But what happens, I would say this is pretty cool. I mean, she, she got strangered, basically. Like, the way they invaded her home and fucked her up. Yeah. She got strangered. For sure. And uh, the way that they stabbed her and the noises that the stabbing made, really good. Oh, yeah. The stabbing noises in the show are brutal. And the kids are doing it in, like, this, like, satanic, culty, like, ritualistic kind of way that's, like, just so slow. And it's almost like a metronome of stabbing. Yeah. And it's almost like you can hear it entering the skin, like, the flesh. You can hear it entering the flesh, sliding in, like, you know, how far it goes into it. Like, it's rough. You could tell they did, like, some ASMR, like, stabbing into a really thick, like, cut of meat or something for this. Fucking cantaloupe or something. It's brutal. It's pretty yeah. fucked. It's it's gross. And then her body falls in the pool, and she's gurgling, and they're still stabbing her, and Francis is just standing by and watching. Ah, it's fucked. Yeah. And in the end, Lily uh, wakes herself up because she's in a dream. So, like, that basically means she's back. Everything's fine. It's good now. So one person died in this one. It was Jessica. She's gone. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that one anymore. <laughs> I love this episode. It's a really, really good episode. Uh, it's back up to five stars. It's me. back up to five, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. The ending of this episode was so good. Yeah. When they killed Jessica like that, it sold it for me. Well, and I really liked, you didn't talk about this too much, but they kind of tease, we will just like get these flashes of kids wearing the Candle Cove costumes, but they're different costumes than we've ever seen before. And what that ends up being is them practicing this play or whatever that they're working on but we we get some of those shots out of context early and i liked that too how they were kind of like laying that because i'm like wait i clearly know that this is pirate percy and fucking jawbone and fucking whoever like i know these characters but why do they look like weird paper mache masks oh they are weird paper mache masks that these kids are wearing like uh, i liked it i like how they changed it up it's scary yeah because i mean it, it's kind of the thing that we were talking about before right where they're always like it's a dream and they look different in dreams. It's that blah, blah, blah. But it's actually just because they're showing up in real life in costumes. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone thinks it's a dream, but actually uh, it's much worse. (laughs) Like this isn't even some nightmare on Elm street shit anymore. This is no, this is a, this is happening. Yeah. Hey, stranger things coming out soon. Um, I'm ready. I'm, uh, we were supposed to finish season two today, but I'm, I'm talking to you instead. Fair and reasonable. (laughs) All right, so we're going to finish today's episode off with Season 1, Episode 5, Guest of Honor, which originally aired on November 8th of 2016. It received about 440,000 viewers and was written by Katie Gruel and Mallory Westfall, who wrote two episodes of Chucky and is a producer on the entire first season. I think I said that a little bit weird. I don't know what Katie Gruel did. I believe it was just Mallory Westfall who wrote the two episodes of Chucky and is a producer on the first season. Gotcha. I could be wrong because I wrote this timeline a little bit while ago, so I'm not, like, fresh on that, but I'm pretty positive (laughs) that's what it is. Cool. 
So we open episode five with a quick recap of Jessica's murder, and then we fully open with police showing up at the Garris slash Jessica residence and discovering her corpse laying headfirst in a bloody kiddie pool, which I always Oof. love when someone's facing like upside down and the blood or and the water is just like blood red. Yeah, it's a good it's a good look. You know she's been soaking there for a while. <laughs> We head over to Mama Painter's house, and she's officially hanging out with Lily and Lily's body because Eddie has officially gave up on his physical form after his brother burnt his physical form. I guess. I don't know the logic behind it. Eddie sits down, <laughs> starts eating, and when he does... Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're forgetting about Marla saying that chocolate milk is chocolate-colored. Did she say that? That is what she Wait, said. Wait, when did... How did I miss that? She's like... What color is the creek? And she's like, blue, sometimes green. What color is the sky? It's blue. What color's chocolate milk? Pink. It's not pink. It's chocolate colored. And then Mike walks in and they act like the conversation didn't happen. She's she's an idiot. It's like, what the fuck are any of you talking about? First of all, why is she saying pink? Why are you saying it's chocolate colored? That sounds fucking racist. Okay, well... <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It's like pure unadulterated, unadulterated. <laughs> I pure what? You're racist. It's pure what? You're racist. It's pure what? Pure homegrown tomatoes, organic, no GMOs. Oh, announcement. God. Tomatoes aisle. So Eddie sits down. He starts eating. You mean Mike? He grabs his tooth and he feels a disturbance. And it's pretty obvious that this man is a... Uh... Don't like this. Yeah. Did you think he was like losing teeth right now? I didn't care. I didn't like it. <laughs> we know that if it's anything to do with teeth, it's not something that anyone is going to have a fun time with. But I kind of just assumed he was losing teeth. But he doesn't mention anything about it because the doorbell rings. It's Amy. Amy tells... I wrote Eddie a lot right here. Amy tells Mike <laughs> that Jessica is dead. And it seems like the killers were children because of like little footsteps and all this stuff. Not only that, Frances Booth has a bunch of Candle Cove props in her basement, which kind of sets Mike off. Yeah, so he thinks that... Sh he's He's under the assumption right now that she made the show. I was also under that assumption. Nice try. Were you under that assumption? <laughs> Not for long. Oh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> well, after this discovery, it seems like Mike is losing a tooth. But he's not. He's growing a tooth. And do you remember during that flashback when Mike asked Jessica, do you know how to tell me and Eddie apart? And he says he has an extra tooth right here. Yep. I didn't know what to think of this at this point. Because obviously, I mean, this far in, you start thinking a little bit, right? Is he, is he Eddie, or is Eddie trying to take him over? Is Eddie Mike? Is Mike Eddie? Is Eddie trying to take over his Mike's body? There's, there's so many ways you can go with this. I think at this point, when I first watched this, I feel like I thought that Eddie was trying, like, take his body over. You know, like turn him into him. Right. What, you, what about you? I don't know. What is that? 
that's not I didn't I didn't necessarily think that for the teeth thing. By the end of this episode, I thought that that was the plan for sure cuz I mean, it's basically told that it's the plan. <laughs> to be fair, at the end of this episode, that's exactly what they say, but just at this yeah. time when I'm watching him in the mirror, I feel like that's what I felt. Nah, for me, all I could think about whenever he has an extra tooth growing in, for some reason, all I thought about was Vampire's Kiss. I just thought about my stepsister because she had those when we were younger and i was like that's kind of weird dog (laughs) i've never known anyone with that that's gross it's repulsive (laughs) it gave me nightmares (laughs) i thought she was like a shark oh my god it was terrifying um (laughs) So we just think of that scene of uh, Gary looking at the fridge pictures of Francis Booth before he starts to breathe real heavy. I don't know if you noticed how heavy he was breathing. Like, I get it. I get it. But a serious bearded man breathing heavy is just it's something I, I notice often. Everything about Gary going through Francis Booth's house is so weird. His behavior is just strange. He go as he goes out and he finds some teeth like in a fence post or whatever. He literally is like picking up those teeth and examining them like he's never seen a tooth before. Yeah, everything he did confused me. I th- I thought he would be a little He's he's been angrier in every other scene we've seen him in except for the scene directly after his wife gets murdered and is found <laughs> in a bloody pool in his backyard he's so calm now instead it's this montage of him just calmly looking at random shit and breathing heavily <sighs> and then putting his like his fist on his forehead <laughs> like i get that but it just does not it doesn't match his character what we've seen so far no no it's so weird he's being so weird and at this point too i mean because we kind of skipped over a tiny bit not much like it doesn't matter that much but he's hanging out with mike at this point like they're at this house kind of searching it together and he's just cool yeah, with them now. i mean i guess we sh- i guess we should say mike goes to amy to be like hey the cops need to investigate this or whatever and she says bro we're too busy no like we're, we're dealing with these murder children like fuck off and he's like well there's one cop that's not busy and he's talking about gary who's literally in custody right now (laughs) so she lets gary out into mike's custody and can we reiterate the fact that he's in custody for kidnapping mike and holding him hostage (laughs) and getting him shot he still has i'm sure he still has a bullet in his arm i don't even know if they ever removed that right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they're like, yeah, you can watch him, Mike. At this point, the writer said, oh, shit, we're running out of characters. We need a reason for Carrie to come back. It's very fair because we only have about six characters and they got rid of like four of them <laughs> in the matter in probably like a 30 minute time span. <laughs> that is pretty fucking funny. The fact that all this. I mean, it did not take long. The end of the last episode, he is Quite literally, like, I feel like we can't pass over this. He's quite literally giving his wife a gun and saying, watch out for Mike. That dude's fucking crazy. And then the very next, like, five minutes later, his wife gets murdered and is laying in a fucking pool upside down in his backyard. He goes, I'm going to go hang with Mike for a little bit to investigate this death. And Mike gets him out of jail and is like, bro, let's find your wife's killer. Like, (laughs) I don't get any of this. Honestly, that's 
fucking stupid. That is really stupid how that goes. And the fact that I watched this multiple times without even batting an eye at that because the vibes were so good is actually starting to make me a little mad now because that's so ridiculous. The the Mike-Gary yep. relationship is pretty annoying. It's awful. It's awful. I cannot believe that. <laughs> I just want to... You kidnap a guy, you give your wife a gun, tell her to shoot the guy, and then he gets you out of jail. Mike's perspective, you got kidnapped by this, bro. Like, yes, he pointed a gun at you. There's so many layers to this. I don't get why either of them are there. I don't get why Mike is there with him. I don't get why Gary is there with Mike. And it's like, if if in these flashbacks, we found out that they were, like, super bros. That never happens. Right. Like, if we found they that out, then it makes sense, right? Other. They're like, oh, they, they were super, like... They had some some shit that no one understood what went on, but they're gonna they're gonna work through it. No, they fucking hate each other. So why the fuck? <laughs> like, if I'm Mike, I'm like, I don't trust this asshole who just falsely arrested me and imprisoned me and tried to torture me. Like, I'm not getting him out of jail to go pal around at Francis's house. Like, no, thank you. How is Gary not being more reactive at this point? <laughs> Because because he knows if he did that they would just throw him right back in jail. If he showed any emotion right now, they'd be like, "You're too close to this. You can't handle the truth." Like, <laughs> okay, but he showed all like obviously someone messed with your kid. You're gonna think some shit. But he shows all this emotion when Mike finds his kid, but she's missing a couple tooth, uh, a couple teeth. Sorry, right, when right, Mike right, right, finds right. his kid, but she's missing a couple teeth. But now your, now wife's your dead. wife is murdered, like stabbed many <laughs> times. And he's like, you know what? I got to hold it in now. Even if you know that Mike didn't do it, because clearly the children did it. You also clearly know that Mike is just intertwined in this somehow, which means that he pulled your wife into it. Like she wasn't intertwined in it without Mike. You know what I mean? Like she probably doesn't die if she doesn't hang out around Mike. <laughs> kind of don't think anyone does. <laughs> Pretty much. We real I mean when we get deeper into this, I'm starting to think Mike Mike caused all of it. It's kind of the Skywalker problem, right? <laughs> Maybe they were right all along. Maybe they should have fucking killed his ass when they tortured him and kidnapped him. Maybe he is <laughs> When the they when they get to the end of the Skywalker saga in Star Wars and then like so you're telling me this entire story is about how one family fucked over like a hundred years of the economy and fucking like galactic empire like just one just fucking if we would have just killed that one family wouldn't have any issues hey man <laughs> it's all business baby it's like god damn we should have just killed the painters everything would have been fine okay we'll finally move on so mike is in the basement of francis's after being advised not to do just that not supposed to be investigating but he checks out all these props and he says, this isn't it. And then he walks off and he answers a phone call, which I still don't know what he means by this isn't it. Like, he is he going like, oh, these are fake. Like, these are replicas. These aren't the real thing. Yeah, I think that the uh, there's a there's a specific point that they bring up about the jawbone puppet. And that's that the jaw doesn't move up and down. It only moves side to side. And oh. I think that he was examining the hinge on this marionette she had. Oh. And it, moved up and down not side to side so it couldn't have been the one from the show okay gotcha attention to detail like it like it 
So we move right into a flashback of Eddie in Francis Booth's classroom after school. And in this moment, Francis starts to have one of her seizures that she always seems to have in these flashbacks. And her son runs up to her and does his weird religious thing with the timer. But this time, since Eddie is here with his weird fucking superpowers, he just stares at her and goes, get up. No, first he goes, stop. <laughs> oh, you're so right. He looks so confused. Like he is staring at her like she's a fucking freak. He's basically just going, dude, quit being dumb. Come on, bro. Like, like he says, like, like what I would do if like someone was just like, if I was like hanging out like at a festival and someone just like started taking a shit, I'd be like, whoa, fucking stop. What are you doing? Like, like that's what he does to her seizure and her seizure stops. I thought it was pretty good. You know, he got the job done. And then he's like, get up. And she's like, okay. And she looks confused when she gets up. She's looking at him going, uh, wait, I got up. I'm alive. What's happening? He didn't even have to do the prayer timer. I'm already standing up. She probably thought it was an act of God at this moment. No, she immediately realizes that, like, the God she was praying to for her seizures is nothing. And this is this is the real God. Eddie is God. 100%. I mean, this is the moment when Francis goes crazy. Like, Eddie put Candle Cove in her at this moment because what we've come to realize is, like, you know, when he was messing with Gene, when he made him bark like a fucking dog and all this. Right. In the last episode or the episode before, whenever that was, he says, like, I made him see Candle Cove. I put him in the world of Candle Cove, blah, blah, blah. So that's what he's doing to all these people. So during this phone call, we're back in the real world. Francis tells Mike that she isn't going to attempt to have a conversation with Gary, so he should just meet her somewhere else. And he ditches Gary, and this is when Gary calls, and he goes, hey, he just ditched me. Again, adding to the... No, this is the dumbest shit. There is no reason why Gary makes this phone call. There is no reason. Gary makes this phone call, and Amy's like, oh shit, we're going to send someone to get you. And he goes, oh, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. He basically just wanted to let him know that Mike just wanted to let her know that Mike left, but he's like, no, I'm still on the run. Fuck off. Like, I don't get why he didn't just do that before. He didn't. Why did he say that to her? I don't tell her you're not going to be there. Make her send a unit to try to find you. Of course, you're not going to be there. You're on the run. Like, but don't be like, oh, yeah, bitch, I ain't going to be here. Get you on the flip, Amy. <laughs> So on the other side of things, about 30 children watching Candle Cove get up from their couch and just start walking down the street. Where to? Not sure. I assumed Queen Booth. This is this is some fucking Power Rangers secret of the ooze type shit. I liked it. Dude, I'll give you a secret of my ooze. I have an ooze, baby. Did you notice that cop that looked like Red Foreman with a mustache? Yeah, I did see him. It was odd. I didn't like it at all. It made me very, very <laughs> uncomfortable. Like, incredibly uncomfortable. Did you notice the uh, the name of this place that, that Mike ends up going to? No. Uh, so it's this, like, restaurant that's right outside of a water park or something, right? It, it's called it's called Skinner's. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And then it says it's the home of the world-famous hot dog. That's gross. <laughs> you don't want to go to Skinner's, the home of the world-famous hot dog? That, that... That's very reminiscent of Grandpa in Texas Chainsaw. 
are they, are, are they not kind of implying that the skin taker turns kids into hot dogs? Like, isn't that what that sounds like to you? I don't want to admit it, but <laughs> it's not looking good. It's called Skinners, and they have world-famous hot dogs. Yeah, I'm not getting hot dogs from that spot. That's not the joint for me, bud. <laughs> oh, uh. fuck. So... There's some interaction between Amy and the nerdy mushroom cop who's plowing Amy because Amy tells all the officers to find Mike and he ends up being the one that finds him. He's not very adamant on taking him in. He actually doesn't do anything. He's much like Amy in the sense that he doesn't do shit. Dude, this whole fucking scene is hilarious. He was told exactly what to do and what not to He was ordered around like a dog, actually. <laughs> I would completely argue. And he still did it wrong. 100%. <laughs> Mike is his owner in this scene, and he is a... No, Mike just becomes his dad. Mike just becomes a frazzled dad. He's like, oh, shit, fuck. Uh, okay, you wait here. I can't tell you what... I, I gotta Damn. run back into the porn shop real quick, but I can't tell you why, so just sit here for a minute. Don't go any, Don't go talk to that fucking guy over there and, and just, just stay by your car. I'll be right back. No, James, here's the thing. <laughs> He's being so ominous, and... Uh, uh, fucking, what's his name? Simon. Simon is the cop. He sees these kids walking by, and he goes, don't don't go near them. And he's like, oh, I know them. And he's like, no, you don't know them, and no, you, don't you don't know the danger. And he's being so ominous, and then the, go, the dude, Simon, he goes, okay. As if what Mike's saying right now doesn't sound like complete batshit bullshit. Because it makes any sense whatsoever. Why should I be listening to anything you're saying? Amy does not know much of what's going on, but she knows more than Simon. Simon... 100% is not involved with any of this, does not know what's going on. I don't get why he's listening to Mike in the slightest. His active superior told him to go get this guy, and then this guy orders him around. He goes, all right. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is, Mike doesn't even do it with any confidence. No, like, he's so... He's like a, he's like a dude, frazzled fucking parent. He's, he's erratic. Like, um, shit, fuck, like, uh, you just... You just chill, and it's gonna be fine. But like, don't move, don't don't talk to that guy. Like, uh, um, like he's not. Yes, he's, like he's freaking acting out. Insane. Like he probably should be apprehended. Like that should be the proper response. He's acting fucking crazy, and you just listen to whatever he says. She already told him to arrest him. He doesn't, and now you find him, and he looks like he is on meth. His hand is fucked up. He's bleeding everywhere. His eye bags are going crazy. He's freaking out. He's basically shaking in front of you. He needs to be put away just for his own safety at this point. But no, Simon says, you call the shots, buddy. And then Mike goes, just stay there. You found me. I'll come soon. Just just stay. <laughs> stay yeah he will what are you talking about what are you talking about i feel like he should have told him to sit and put a treat on his nose <laughs> so this guy obliges he patiently waits outside for mike for a little bit while mike does whatever the hell he wants inside of the abandoned shack he's basically just walking around going francis francis but while mike is looking from his booth the cop wanders out against mike's instructions because he hears the kids running by and giggling and on Mike's side of things, he can't find Francis. He finds her phone, and then he finds a matchbox filled with teeth. But f as for Simon, he got surrounded by kids, and then the Fortnite Skull Trooper showed up and stabbed him in the back. And then we see that Francis is the Fortnite Skull Trooper. That was so obvious, but yes. <laughs> 
it was just kind of weird because if they didn't show, you know, Mike not answering the phone or like find the teeth and whatnot, like I do get what they were doing. They're like, oh, you know, set up. Oh crap, she's over there. Right, right, right. But right, like right. when she did reveal her mask, I do feel like in that moment they were trying to do a. Uh, Oh shit! It's Francis Booth, but like, yeah, 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 they totally revealed that like ten seconds before. The toy. Yeah, I don't know if it was just me that felt like that. Like, I know it wasn't that long before they revealed it, so I'm sure they knew what they were doing. But it just felt kind of like, okay, yeah. No, it, the the reveal also seems cheap because she doesn't like Francis Booth is so scary on her own that she's less scary in the costume. I 100% felt that way. I liked her way more yeah. when she's just feeding teeth to people out of her hand. It terrifies me. For sure, way more scary. So Mike watches all of this happen, and then he runs out, and the Skull Trooper takes off his head and reveals it's fucking Francis. And then Mike passes out. He kind of just does that every time he should not do that. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> anything is happening where he should be awake, he chooses not to be. It's like the opposite of plot armor. Mike has, like, <laughs> plot concussions. He just freaks out and passes out. Like, that is the worst trait to have. Anytime something very serious is happening in front of you, you just pass out. Mark's basically a fainting goat. <laughs> I'm calling him Mark. His name's Mike. How much would that suck, though? Like, you're in a situation, you're looking out, you start to walk towards something because you see someone getting murdered, and then you just pass out right in front of the murderer every time. Just anything, anything that's too intense just makes you fall asleep. That would fucking suck. <laughs> that is the worst issue to have. Yeah, it's rough. And quick side note, remember how we've discussed Candle Cove stuff popping on the screens? Well, previously, adults never witnessed this, but Amy's at the police station right now, and she gets a call, and as she's leaving, she sees the reflection in the side of the mirror, and she slowly turns around, and it's just still on the screen, because of that. I don't know if it's because it got caught, or if they decided it was the right time, and they, like, you know, Candle Cove, the energy, right, or whatever it is, yeah. like, somehow plotted that, but she saw it, and then Gary shows up, and he sees it on all the computers, too, so it's there. Yeah, it's so good. It was very satisfying every time they don't see it, but them seeing right. it after so many times of that happening was very, very satisfying. It's so good because, like, the first time we even see it as the audience is, like, a reflection of a reflection of a reflection. You know what I mean? Like, it's so subtle. And then you're like, oh, what the fuck? I definitely saw the face. And then, like, it kind of the camera kind of comes around the corner and you see the screen and then you see how it reflects with all the glass dividers in the police station. You're like, God, that's terrifying. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's like a mirror house, but like this candle yeah. goes shit. It's fucking awesome. I love that part. Yeah, it's really good. So while Mike was passed out, his wife, who picked up his child earlier, I can't remember her name, doesn't matter. She's driving back home with his daughter as a bunch of kids run into the street and cause her to swerve and nearly crash to avoid killing them, but they didn't seem like they were real. Like she gets out and looks around, they're not there. Right. Maybe they just ran off. I don't know. Definitely thought she was going to get stabbed by a bunch of kids, too. 100%. I thought they were going to stab <laughs> her up, and they were going to take Lily as, like, a sacrifice. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but I guess that didn't happen. She kind of just, she leaves, she goes home. But also, here's the weird part. She had to call to get another rental car, but she didn't hit anything. Like, she, I know she, like, went off the, the, the street, but, like, all she, like, she spun around. They're acting like this car is totaled. Yeah, and then she landed in the grass, just, like, her front wheels, like, in the grass a little bit. It was fine. And she was like, you guys got to get me a new car. This thing's unusable, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I didn't get that either. That confused the fuck out of me. 
when she, the next time we see her like we don't it cuts well, right here it, it also confuses me because it seems like she's i think that this is part of the story that they just didn't think a lot about you know what i mean they were just like oh we need a reason for this to happen and they didn't think about the logistics of it because it seems like she's talking to the mechanic because she's like oh how long is it gonna take to get the car fixed or whatever and then she's like oh it's a rental well if it's a rental, you wouldn't be the one responsible for taking it to a mechanic. You would get it taken back to the rental place, and they would take care of all that shit. What are you even talking about? You're right. I was so focused on just the fact that she was getting a new rental car to begin with when there was nothing <laughs> wrong with her car that I completely overlooked that. She was just on the like phone with the mechanic. Nothing about that whole situation made any sense. Like They, were ju- they just needed a reason to like keep her around. get her out of there. <laughs> Keep her around, really. Just keep her in the town for right, a bit. Right, keep her around. Yeah, why she can't leave. Okay, yeah. well, that is really stupid. Because <laughs> um, I was like, she's like, how long is it going to be? And then she's like, well, can you get me another one? And I'm like, the mechanic's not going to give you a rental. What the fuck are you talking about? I like how the first two episodes were like, these were really good, no complaints, blah, blah, blah. By the time we get to the third episode, we start going... You know, we're looking out a little more, and we're seeing that there are kind of some issues that we're overlooking. The mushrooms is really the only issue. And now we're like, you know, this is fucking stupid. This character's an idiot. These guys are off the rails. This really took a turn the farther we're getting into this. The thing is, though, I'm still having so much fun with it, and I'm not mad at it at all. Like, when, I'm, when, I, when I talk about it and I want to dissect it, like, I catch things, and I'm like, that was stupid. Why is that even there? But... The ride is still so enjoyable. I'm still rating every episode so goddamn high. Uh, yeah, same. I mean, I love the ball. It's really good, but it is getting dumber and dumber. I kind of want to go back and watch one and two again now just to <laughs> just to pick it apart a little more, but it's okay. We're not going to do all that. It seems a little pretentious. Yeah. Um, this is when Mike wakes up and he's like a marionette, but it's just a dream. Well, this is when he wakes up at the feet. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. Francis Booth is holding his daughter Lily and like rubbing a hook by her neck, which is a terrifying shot because he's up and he's standing for probably 50 seconds, like looking around, trying to figure out what's going on. And she's right. just sitting there like rubbing the hook on his child's neck. And it's like, dude, dude, turn around, turn around. Yeah, it's fucking weird. And it turned out to be a dream. But in this dream, it was really cool because when he turns around, he finally like notices her and tries to run over i mean that's like yeah i mean he's a puppet on strings but the strings are so long yeah and they're and they're like giant steel wire like and i want to know like guide wire for radio towers it's fucking crazy i want to know how they did this shot like were those real rope or were they maybe a cgi or something like that but i don't know because it had that, to be cgi as fuck but i have no idea how they did it i feel like it had to have been if not they put some effort into that because that camera is just it's moving up and up and up for so long and you still see the strings and you're and i'm wondering i thought it was going to go up to like the be telephone like attached pole to above something it. right yeah and it never gets there but I, no. I loved it it was really cool yeah it's cool so let's move on a bit because there's really nothing like having a nice slice of pie with francis booth <laughs> the dream pie rotation right 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 I still don't really understand everything that she lays out. <laughs> I don't either. I don't understand okay, what the okay. conversation was like before she got there. Or before Mike <laughs> got there, I mean. <laughs> Seems like they were just sitting in silence. Basically, Mike gets home after being passed around the woods, and he finds Francis and his mother silently sitting at the table. And now we finally get an explanation of sorts. I feel the same way, James. Okay, good. Francis explains that she didn't create Candle Cove, Candle Cove didn't go after Eddie, and it's because Eddie is the chosen one. He's Candle Cove. 
let's break down that part. I don't get it. I don't get it. And also, she thinks that Eddie can be reborn through Mike's physical body because they're twins. Something like that, yeah. But it also sounds like she's just making it all up. It does. I mean, Mike says it's bullshit. He goes, no, he's dead. That's stupid. And Francis says, no, he's on his way back. All you guys have to do is make some sacrifices and let him back in. And then she goes, (laughs) well, you know me. I've made a lot of sacrifices. And cue flashback. (laughs) We got more Francis Booth being the worst person in the world. Oh, shit. Yeah. She asks Eddie... Because this is young Francis Booth again. She's standing in front of Eddie and she goes, how did you how did you do what you did? And how did I see all those things that I saw? And she kind of seems like, you know, she wants to see it again. It's kind of like a heroin addict, you know, like coming back right. for their drugs. She's like, I need more of this. Like, what, how, how can you how can you give me some more of this? And Eddie tells her that he isn't yet powerful enough to show her Candle Cove again and that Francis has to do something. And then it just kind of pans over, and we see her son. (laughs) Shit's so fucked up. It was weird, man. It was a weird choice. Dude, and she has no remorse. It basically just, like, she walks up, she goes, Hey, Eddie's here to play. How's it going? What's going on, guys? And he just looks confused. When the flashback ends, she says, I just fed him to a fire so that he could burn even brighter. Just Fed him to a fire. What the fuck? <sighs> oh, yeah, she really wanted to see Candle Cove again. This lady is nuts. What I really want to know, though, is these murders weren't going on for, what, 28 years, right? Something like that? Right. What? It, and is that the same as it? Or is it 27? Something like that. It's 27 or 28. I'm 99% sure of that. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Um... What has she been doing the 28 years while people haven't been murdered and going on? She just has these thoughts in her head and she's just chilling, teaching classes. What is she doing? I I don't know. Why is this just starting again now? I don't know. Because they've made that a point throughout the series that this is just happening again now. Right. It's happening again. It's happening again. And it's happening again because Mike comes home. And Mike comes home because he had a mental break and carved come might come home or whatever into his fucking arm and it's like but how did that happen that had to be eddie has eddie been like trying to like psychically reach out to mike all of these years to try to get him to come back i don't fucking know dude i mean i think so that's why i said might come home or whatever right 27 years for it yeah that's what i thought that's what i thought too but i was just i don't it's just so close that i was like maybe it's 28 maybe it's the same yeah interesting yeah, I mean, she's been feeding the fucking teeth kid is what she's been doing. She's been feeding the fucking teeth kid. She basically gives them a very ominous mission. I don't know if they understand it because I definitely don't understand it. I think maybe they kind of do. But right when she leaves, Mike's dog... You know, that's a thing about like movies and TV shows and shit like that when there's some really complicated shit going on and it gets explained to a character and they're always like, oh shit, yeah, you're right. This all makes sense now. I swear to God, I would be the character in there going, you got to word this another way. You gotta yeah, let's try again. Run it back, please. <laughs> you wanna you wanna you wanna bring that back again? Tell me what steps led up to this because I think I missed some shit. The fact that in every single like, you know, real complicated story that you see, every character always gets it immediately. Every time. Yeah. Kind of pisses me off now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> like there's never one person who goes, wait, 
I'm sorry. This makes sense to you guys? The closest we get is Marla. <laughs> I'm going to make some tea. <laughs> Just ignoring situations. You know, I get that, but that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. Especially this oh. bullshit. Like, So right when she leaves, Mike's daughter's Lily joyfully runs into the room and goes, Ugh. Mike's daughter Lily joyfully runs in the room and goes, Daddy! And Mike, in a goddamn trance, walks off. And the reason this is so odd is because Mike's mom is looking at him as if nobody is there. And we also know that Lily is currently with Mike's ex-wife, wife, whatever, her mom. Right. To say another word. Right. Beside right. Fuck. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. There we go. I should just record, like, all of your, like, one-word responses so that whenever you say one, I could just, like, swap it out, like, whenever. Yeah. I could use whichever one I think fits the most. For sure. Okay, okay. So when he follows her up into the room, he looks a goddamn mess. He looks worse than he's ever looked throughout this entire series. His eyes look like they have been scooped out with an ice cream scooper. Oh, my God. And he says, Lily, I want to see something cool. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls out a hook and then looks in the mirror and he sees a reflection. And it was Eddie this time, right? I don't know. I think Eddie has the red at this point. Like, I'm pretty sure every time we see Eddie, he has the red on. Okay. I don't, I don't get what's up with all these fucking dream sequences why why does why does fucking mike have a dream every five minutes in this episode i would argue that every single person has a dream every five minutes in every single episode of this show <laughs> this show is all about dreams you're right you're right but i don't know there was something about this one that i'm like mike you just did the marionette dream now you're doing another dream where you're killing your daughter like fucking Get your shit together, bro. If you went back and listened to all of the episodes we've done of this, and I'm sure including the next one, too, and you count how many times I say we're going into a dream or a flashback or something, I'm <laughs> sure it would be upwards of 50, like, at this point. Oh, for sure, if you also count flashbacks. This movie loves its fucking flashbacks. Yeah, I mean, they're one and the same. So at this point, when he's Eddie in the reflection dream thing, he tries to stab his daughter with a hook, but then he immediately wakes up at the table, and this one cuts real fast. Like, he wakes up, and then it cuts. We head over to the hotel that Lily and her mom are staying at. Her mom's asleep. Candle Cove starts playing. TV cuts real fast. I kind of wish things happened like that. Like, you're watching... You're watching Drudge Report, and, uh... You mean things just cutting? <laughs> yeah, it just randomly cuts to mean? pirates screaming their fucking heads off. Dude, honestly, just like in general, I I do miss the old world of not choosing what I'm watching. Yeah, I do sometimes too. I've been listening to the fucking radio lately just because like I fucking surprise me. I don't want to make a playlist anymore. The last two days I've been listening to Howard Stern because my new car has um You got XM radio? It came with a serious XM radio and I yes, was like I And I was like, you know what? I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with this, but they gave me three months free of it, and the only thing I think of when I think of Sirius XM is Howard Stern, so I just put on the Howard Stern Dude, I've been listening to the fuck out of Sirius XM. Just everything. Comedy, fucking music, everything. I love it. I love Sirius XM. It's pretty hilarious listening to how out of touch with everything new Howard Stern is now. Like, he's still being oh, obscene yeah. and going like, oh, so what's up with your balls and stuff like that? But <laughs> he's always just like, 
I, I was listening to it the other day, and he's just going in on like it, it was interviewing like Post Malone and like his guitarist or something. He goes, "Wow, like guitar. That's a where? Where did you? Where did you learn a, a chord? What's your what's your, what's your favorite chord?" And just saying <laughs> stuff like that the whole time. The guitarist just going, "Uh, well." You can just tell he he's so confused, like he's baffled by every single question that he's asking. He's like, "This guy's been on radio for how long?" And he's asking me where I learned a chord because he can say whatever the fuck he wants at this point. <laughs> the reason I put on Howard Stern immediately when I saw that serious thing is because it just says in giant letters, like in the pamphlet they gave me, Howard Stern, Sirius XM, Channel One Hundred and One Hundred One. So I was like, "All right, I guess I'll check out Channel One Hundred and One Hundred One." Fuck yeah, dude. Serious XM all the way. So, anyway. There are just characters screaming belligerently on the screen at this point. On, on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's it's the episode they were talking about. Yeah, like, where they're like, I, I think they said it was their dreams, though, right? Like, in the they would have dreams where they're just screaming They were like, off. we had a dream, and then and then Tim's like, that's not a dream, that's an episode. That was from, like, the actual episode. story, too, right? Yeah. So they do bring it back a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's cool. Um, This is when Teeth Kid shows up and... Okay, this is what I have a problem with. Teeth Kid came out of their bathroom, so this time we have, like, like the entry or the origin of entry. How does it travel? Does it travel through the toilet? Where did this fucker does come Teeth from? Teeth Kid travel through the toilet? He travels through plumbing. Fuck. <laughs> that's how he got into the hospital. Mr. Hanky? <laughs> And that's how he gets to, like, Francis's house, because she has, like, a creek back there. So, like, the wow. sewage, like, leads out to them. Wow, that's rough. <laughs> well, Tooth Kid is here. And that straight-up shot of the Tooth Kid, because we look it's at it dead in its fucking face. uncomfortable. And it's just staring for so long. And the fact that when it when it turns its neck... It makes, like, crunching teeth noises with, like, saliva. I don't even know how to explain it, but it hurt my soul. I hate it so goddamn much. That might have been the most uncomfortable thing I've ever watched. It's bad. It's so bad. And then doesn't fucking, doesn't fucking, uh, Lily, like, put her fingers in its mouth? Does she? I don't think she did. I thought that's what she did. Did I make that up? You might have made that up. I swear to God, she, like, crawls to the edge of the bed, and she, like, sticks her fingers in its mouth. You That might have happened, but I don't know. I feel like I'm having <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome because that is what everyone else does with this teeth person. So, But I'm not sure if that happened in this moment. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I've, I just watched it. I literally just watched it. I don't know, man, but I was uncomfortable. And I posted the teeth person for the last episode that we did and all the comments were just people do not like it people do not like this teeth person <laughs> like all around people are not interested in this teeth person yeah man maybe these are bad episodes for you they're not doing great <laughs> <laughs> that also could have to do with my consistency lately though to no be that's just because fair. no you're you're a big shot now everybody hates you you suck that's <laughs> true sold out bro that's true, man. I did get a message about that the other day. <laughs> Someone sent a message that was Stop. like, it was like, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. And I was like, oh, fuck shit. Off. That, honestly, though, it was kind of humbling. I feel like I needed that. It's been a while <laughs> since someone's like messaged me and very directly called me a piece of shit. So I feel like I needed that to really kind of 
bring my energy back up. Oh, good for you. I don't know. I kind of like being called a piece of shit every once in a while. Anyway, the episode finally concludes with Frances meeting a bunch of kids in a trailer in the middle of the forest, and she sits down in a circle in the middle of them on some cult shit and goes, he'll be here soon. Do you know that, Frances? Yeah, it's some creepy. It's some creepy shit. I don't like it. I don't it. even know if she knows that, but whatever. Don't like it. We head back to Mike. Mike whose extra tooth grew incredibly fast, and he's still Again. trying to rip the damn thing out. I thought it was a new one. Yeah, uh, I almost thought it was for a second, too, but no, it was the same one. It just grew very fast. Damn. It was a fast-growing tooth, and he succeeds ripping it out this time. Gross. The best way to end the episode is on a Candle Cove episode, and this one's a little bit odd, because somehow Mike's daughter, Lily, is just stuck inside of the TV. Yeah, on some poltergeist shit. <laughs> Yes, but it kind of looks more like a Tim and Eric skit. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look great. No, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> so we had one kill in this one. Simon. Yeah, Simon. That was the one, right? That wasn't last episode? No, yeah, that was... No, yeah, that's yeah, this uh, episode, for uh, sure. Jessica was the last episode. Yep. So yeah, we had one kill in this one. Uh, this is our second to last episode on Candle Cove, uh, Channel Zero. So we will be ending this off pretty soon, but uh, you know we'll get into all of our... Oh, wait. We didn't rate this episode. That's the one thing. Oh, I didn't even write one down. I let didn't me, either, let actually. Me, let me go through the notes again. I'm just going to think about it all the time. I know a lot of things pissed me off about this one. Uh, you know what? No, I feel like I'm going back down to four it's on this one. Five? It's a five. I want to say five, but I'm almost, I'm kind of questioning some stuff like Francis taking off her head. I'm pissed off about a few things, but it's like the same thing that I'm pissed off about. I also like am back in on it with, I'm like, God, what's with all the fucking dreams? But like the marionette dream was so fucking good that like I want to give it credit. You James, know? James, never mind. Never mind. I rated this five stars the second. He was on puppet strings. <laughs> I, I I did kind of forget about that scene for a second. Yeah, it's it was so it was so good. It was so Nightmare on Elm Street, and it was so scary, and it looked fucking great. Yeah, no, that was really good. In my head right now, I guess I was thinking there was a lot of good things, but some of this annoyed me. Like I thought this was maybe like my wall breaking episode, but now that I'm thinking of all the other stuff, you're right. I mean, all the weird things that happened in this episode are kind of what has made us love this so far. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we get a really long shot of Tooth Kid there with with Lily. Oh, that's yeah. creepy. Um, and then we didn't touch on this. We get that really weird like flash in like the hospital or something. There's like a skin taker dream where we like see the skin taker like sit standing right next to Lily and yes. it's fucking it like sticks its hand in its face or <laughs> yes. something weird. Like it's like what the fuck is happening? I yeah, you're right. We did gloss over that and that was terrifying. <laughs> you're right actually i was almost i was gonna retort right now and say you know what maybe 4.5 happy medium but no you're a right, lot right. of cool shit happened in this episode this really is it's a good like, episode it did did build up like crazy i mean the next episode i hope we can talk about it for an hour <laughs> um yeah so guys this is where we're going to end this today this is a really good episode we're gonna end off the whole thing next week Thanks again to Jessica. Um, I hope you enjoyed all of these episodes so far. I guess we haven't said this so far, but I think at this point, we could say this by now. I do recommend that you go watch this season, at least this season. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm sure we've pretty much probably given off that vibe, but 100% you should do it. Yeah. 
So thank you to Jessica for picking this on the Pick a Movie tier on patreon.com slash horrorsoup. Again, don't normally do TV, just movies, but this was a special little thing that I wanted to try. And uh, if you want to be heard and acknowledged on the show, you can send in a story to horrorsoup.com. You can either write it down or you can record something on your phone. Just make it short, like two, three minutes or something. Go ahead and send it in. And uh, just leave the show a five-star rating, whatever you're listening on, Spotify, iTunes. Tell a friend. Telling a friend helps a lot, you know, just uh, get the word around. And uh, yeah, man, I do another show. It's called Scream. Has an exclamation point. It's a horror movie podcast. Uh, I do it with Ash and Elena from Morbid, a true crime podcast. So if you're looking for more horror content every other week, that's on all the streaming platforms. James has a show called Night Shift Video that is on all the streaming platforms. There's also horror and stories and bits and skits and all this fun stuff. And you can find both of our Instagrams. Mine is at Horror Soup. James is at Night Shift Video. My Twitter is at Horror Soup Sucks. My letterbox is at Horror Soup Caleb. James is at Night Shift Video. Those are where we do movie reviews. And thank you so much to James for being on this episode. Thank you to Ross Lee for intro and outro music. And uh, yeah, guys, see you uh, next week for the conclusion of Candle Cove. Bye, everybody. Say more things. Great job. Yeah. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup. Give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it horror soup. Horror soup. Would you like some bread? I'll do you a slice with a pinch of salt. It'll taste really nice. You've done really well, because this stuff tastes just like hell. Swallow it down, it'll fill up a hole Stick out your tongue and lick out your bowl We're having a bite with creatures of the night Grubs up, baby, grubs up Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup Give it, give it Grubs up, baby, grubs up Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup Give it, give it horror soup Horror soup We'll keep you well fed It's gorgeous smell Could wake the dead Vegetable is just forgettable If your energy's low You know what to do Simply double on down Some of the spooky stew Rewind and dine A hungry Frankenstein Grubs up, baby, grubs up Give me horror soup Give me, give me horror soup Give it, give it Grubs up Baby grubs up, give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup, give it, give it horror soup, horror soup. Let me be your Sweeney Todd, your private chef, I'll be your just dessert. You can even drink it from a cup. I'll do the washing up, I'll do the washing up. I'm getting full. If I take a piss real quick and let Pepper ah, out of my fuck room. off. I got you pissed too. Pepper's been like flopping around. Let me. Uh, okay, I'm like in the zone. I'm like we can get through this one so fast. Oh, what?
We're in the zone. We can get through this one so fast. I know, but five minute break. Go. It'll be fine. It's okay. It's okay. Does that mean you're fucking ready to finish your fucking job? Yeah, sure. Jesus, fuck. And keep talking to me like that, I'll quit. You're going to quit your show? (laughs) Yeah. You won't fire me. You'll quit. I'll quit. You can keep doing it. I'm done. (laughs) How fucking funny would that be if, like, you just pull up on the thing and you're like, guys, hate to inform you, but Caleb quit and I'm now the host. Caleb quit. I don't know what the fuck to do. You know, like, I guess I guess this is my show now. <laughs> Go subscribe to the James Trion. Oh, God, they would love it. We should do that. <laughs> I'm down. You want horse soup? I really don't. I really don't. Why not? Come on, man. Just take horse soup. Announcement. Announcement. I... I have... I have an announcement. I, I, okay, I could turn that, do it, does that work? Does that change anything? Announcement, I don't think it does. It's, it's more of like a, it's more of like a store announcement than a, than a school announcement. Announcement on aisle seven. Annou- announcement, I'm, I'm here to announce that aisle seven, I. We're only on aisle five. Announcement. I would like to announce I I would like to announce I You're doing too fucking much, dude. You need you need an intern so bad. I <laughs> Hey guys. God damn it, somebody get this guy an assistant. Hey guys. I got announcements. Hey guys, hey guys. I got announcements. Hey, hey, Son of a bitch, hey, you put it together. Hey guys, I'm so I'm so mad you made it work. Hey, I'm so hey, fucking hey, pissed hey, you made guys, it work. I got announcements. Hey, 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 hey. I have to announce something. I have a wedding ring for you. For you. No. No, no, he doesn't. For everyone That's I not got real. for you. It's for everyone. I got something to prove. And it's a wedding ring. I got something to do. And it's marriage. It's for me and you. It's for me and you and everyone. It's for my family. It's for all of us. It's for incest. For Kim and Amityville. Shout out. Incest. It's an announcement. Bring it back. Oh, God. Bring damn it. it no, don't bring it back. Bring it back. Do not bring it back. Bring it back right now. It's an announcement. Bring it back, cause it's an announcement. We're here to announce from me to you. Hit an announcement from James to you. James and his candle co and it's announcements every day. And it's announcements, cause I got something to say. And it's announcements, cause I think I am gay. Cause James is sucking on my what? Oh, let's bring it back. It's an announcement. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's a magical skill that you have to always take a joke too far. Take it far. <laughs> take it far. Oh, yeah. Bring it back. I got announcements. I got announcements. I got announcements.
sounds more like a, my heart rate monitor and I'm flatlining. God damn it. You ready, James? exhausted <laughs> you yeah you're just i'm just watching you you're doing so much right now let me get some juice 